And we are recording. So, I'm here with Kyle Matovic. Oh, look at my hair. Ooh, what is this? What is that? Man, this is some Your hair looks a lot better than mine, I promise you. Some some shit some shit going on right here. Uh so I'm here with uh Kyle Matovic and uh I told Kyle like yeah, I'm having you on my show, but this might be more interviewing me than it is interviewing you. Um because we're we're expanding off of conversation I had with um Justin Campbell and then the conversation you and I had what was it two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Um so we're kind of just expanding on this whole idea of evolving worldviews. Mm -hmm. So um you had brought up uh well first say hi. Everybody's wanting to hear from you. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, I appreciate you having me on for the uh, now third time, Tommy. Um, it's always a pleasure to sit down and chat with you. Um, and uh, you're kind of like my go-to person wherever I get pissed off because people are being faggots about pit bulls. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, pre I appreciate you being there for me in this regards. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about that, go listen to Kyle's last podcast. <laughs> um. Man, I can't believe it's only been three times that you've been on my my podcast. I, you know, we we talk so much. It's like I just, I, like whatever. I I lose track of how much of it is public and how much of it is just you and I <laughs> bullshitting. Um. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, usually, what I uh, tell people about you, I'm like me and Tommy. I don't think we ever really talk about politics outside of like maybe on podcasts. But then other than that, it's usually about music or dogs or something like that. Just well, dumb stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't. And see, my my podcast changed in like 2019. Mm -hmm. I, I I was tired of talking politics in 2019, yeah. and I wanted to talk to like I would bring like Shane Hazel on or. Um, Mike Meharry, and we would talk about the effects on reality, on real life. And mm -hmm. so we would, like, me and Shane would talk about raising children or homesteading. And, like, that's what we would talk about. Because it was like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about how much I hate Joe Biden today. Like, it's like, all right, whatever. That's a given. I, I don't have to sit here and justify my position. Mm -hmm. And go, yo, go ahead. There's like, it, it, it's such like a base level of analysis. And um, I, I know Mark Claire kind of shifted the position of the, well, he changed his show up entirely, but um, I, I really like the way that he was kind of looking at it and the way that he talked about his new show in that um, you're provided a narrative essentially. And this is even true amongst libertarians. By the anybody. way, year zero is brought to you by the Mark Claire show. So thank you for, you know, giving our sponsor, <laughs> Uh, some a shout out yeah no no you're right it i didn't change like i i didn't completely go full anti-libertarian in mm -hmm. in the process of me shifting my worldview yeah it, it, it was like for me it was a very much a slower thing whereas i think people that were um a little bit more had had a little bit more at stake so the libertarian worldview because yeah i work with scott at the libertarian institute mm -hmm. and i have a podcast that is published at the libertarian institute but i was never like married to the term libertarian like it's never been a yeah. thing 
like I, I don't come on like my show is not about theory or it, these things like they have their place obviously and we've talked about it but it's not what my show is and so I didn't take it as personal whenever my worldview started shifting as others did. Mm-hmm. So when you had like a Mark Claire, and I don't think you'd mind me saying this, Mark Claire, Pete Quinones, their identity had been wrapped up in the term libertarian. Right. But see, I was already a father of five children. I was already dealing with reality in this aspect. So my podcast has always been about searching for truth and not necessarily promoting libertarian ideals or ideology. Whereas their entire kind of structure was libertarian. So Mm -hmm. for them, it was like falling off a cliff and it was like, it was almost like a midlife crisis, right? Where it whereas for me, it was just like, okay, I'm just, I'm just following this path. I'm just continuing what I'm doing. I, I, nothing changed for me because the podcast as important as it is to me was it, I, I wasn't identify. I didn't identify myself by the subjects I podcasted on. Yeah. Well, you know what? And this is why I tried or why I kind of came into the whole podcasting libertarian scene is I don't want to say a public figure just because it sounds so cringe and like people like look up to me because I, I I mean I'm just a person like everybody else right I, I go to work I fix cars I walk my dogs I work out whatever um I didn't want to hitch my name to just being a libertarian. And this is really what I try to advertise myself as is like, look, I'm a musician. I'm an athlete. I'm a mechanic. Um, I'm hopefully a family man one day. You know, I'm a current, I'm now a husband. I have many other things to offer to people other than just the fact that I have a political ideology that's shared amongst all these people. And if we do want to promote these values that we hold dear in terms of libertarianism, which I think that even the people who, had kind of moved on from that identity. I still think they hold those values, but they just realized that this identity doesn't serve them necessarily anymore. So I think the best way that we can promote these values is not only by living by them, but also being interesting enough people outside of that political ideology that people will put capital and time into us to listen to what we have to say and then find out like, hey, if you're such a great person in these other regards, then your political ideology might kind of walk in stride with that. So mm-hmm. why should we lead politically? Because that that's like a blunt tool for a lot of people, right? Well, that, you- the, that's the Marxist one mm-hmm. if you do that. Because the Marxists are the ones that say everything's political. Right. right? And mm-hmm. so if, if you subscribe to that, like purview in that that way of conducting your life, then you let the Marxists win. Mm, right. Yeah. And that's where I think people go wrong is once again, is that they just hitch their name to this and they can't let it go. Um, and even like when it came to the nutrition world for me, where I talk to people about stuff like this, um, a lot of the thoughts that they initially have, because you hear them from gurus and they sound really good, you know, taxation is theft. 
um, or all seed oils are bad, carbs are bad, carbs make you fat, like these little just bumper stickers. They always sound good and they're very, very attractive. And you can really get sucked into that and that being your thing. But I never did that. I never made, you know, I never made my hoe a housewife, so to speak, you know, like all all these political ideologies, the nutrition stuff that I've researched, they're not part of me. These are just ideas that I think are, you know, the best for me at this time. But though when I'm presented with, you know, more data that may convince me of other things or that um, something else may be better than what I'm doing right now, then I'm completely open to change my mind. Like I used to be strict and cap, you should only vote for the Libertarian Party and only things within libertarianism are good but then i talked to a lot of like the paleo guys the republican guys and they really changed my mind on that like okay well we have some good here with working with the republican party and maybe in some areas i'm sure that people could probably um you know list ways that maybe working with democrats is good i i couldn't think of any off the top of my head but um you know you shouldn't hold your ideology so dear and close to you that you're not willing to consider that you're possibly wrong in some areas and i think that's what a lot of people do with any ideology even not just libertarianism is that they hitch their identity to it and that's all they are and they're not willing to budge on it one bit and and to me that's just so like painful to watch well one of the things i've been saying for a couple of years now and i've said it on several of my podcasts is i'm more than just the totality of the worst mistake i've ever made I'm more than the totality of a thought I had. I'm more than the totality of the best thing I've ever done. Like I am a, I am three dimensional. There are dimensions. It's like, like in Shrek, when he says, I'm an onion, there are layers, you know, (laughs) that it's that kind of deal. And so many people are willing to tie themselves to this one dimensional view of humanity based upon some political ideology. And it's like, no, that's not who you are. I I, I remember, um, I don't, I don't know if you listen to two bit podcasts, but Jason and Mark are really good friends of mine. And um, I, I remember one of the, like, I think it was the first time I was on their podcast. I was like, man, if I were to be judged, let's just say me, myself, if I were to judge myself, off of the worst thing I've ever done in my life that none of you know about. I would hate myself. I would be, I would despise myself. Like that is not the way to carry yourself through like, and, and to judge other people and to interact with other people and, and only look at the worst thing they've ever done. There's a totality of a human being there that you should be like in, like interacting with and what is that and it is not necessarily their worst mistake Mm -hmm. yeah well see this is where i i take issue with people when they start collectivizing in general so like uh, well i take issue with you too (laughs) oh you're not talking about me my bad (laughs) but um like when you hear a lot of people say all cops are bastards um and i i get it because like uh, my cousin's a cop Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the guy and mm-hmm. I would fight for the guy. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with the job he's doing or what he's asked to do. He doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with the laws he has to enforce. Right. Uh, unfortunately, like all of us, we, he has a job. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, it's like, we do things at work. We don't agree with. Mm-hmm. We bitch moan and groan about our jobs constantly. 
Do you think cops don't do that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and not only that, like uh, the problem with this whole all cops are bastards perspective is that um, they always come at it from the libertarian angle where they assume that they have all the same information and they're coming at the same, like they're starting at the same point, right? Like the police may look at them busting down a, a drug bust, you know, go arresting the local heroin addict or something like that they some of them probably do legitimately see that as making the world a better place and making it freer and safer for the people of that community and it um, could and it could and it right could. and it could and, right? and, like okay so like take this for instance my my cousin's husband or first husband was a drug dealer or boyfriend or whatever was a drug mm-hmm. dealer and he beat the shit out of her yeah. And it didn't matter how many times she called the cops. He never got taken to jail and he got arrested for um, possession with intent to distribute. Mm-hmm. So you get this violent motherfucker off the street and out of the house that this woman could never get him out of. Right. And you make this woman's life better. Like yeah. it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mm-hmm. get the argument like, well, he shouldn't have been, arrested for possession of a substance okay fine we can talk about that but how do you make it better for the woman who is getting her ass beat and the cops won't do anything about it yeah and this kind of goes to that whole and capistan in your head that uh pete so eloquently uh quoted a few years back but um like people act like in and Kapistan, like they would just be able to go be a degenerate and do whatever they want. But like, there's this idea of once again, a, higher than yourself, right? As in you respect your community and those around you, like you wouldn't just light up a bonfire in your backyard while your neighbors are like trying to sleep or something like that. Invite all your friends over and go pound beers all night. Like you, you could do that. I'm sure it'd be a good time, but though your neighbors are going to be very happy on how much it. property you have. Well, yeah, but you you get the idea. <laughs> like, if you went out outside of my house right now, like my neighbors aren't right on top of me, but they're definitely closer than your neighbors. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've I've done it before. If I open all the garage doors, turn up the radio real loud, and fire up all the old hot rods outside, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. But yeah, I mean, my neighbors might come over and drink beer with me. I don't know. <laughs> those those rednecks were crazy. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't know how to gauge what was gonna happen if I did something like that. Yeah, no, but you're right. There, you you have to have kind of like a um, understanding amongst mm-hmm. amongst people, and um, I don't know the best way to do it. I I, I feel that like in Kapistan in your head, as Pete would say it, what he's talking about is utopianism and having a utopian worldview, right? And there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of ANCAPs that are utopianist um, to the same degree, if not more of a degree than there are Marxists that are utopianist, right? right? And so, like, Pete's argument or or Buck's argument or Mark's argument or any of these guys' argument isn't that they don't agree with the ideal they're saying it the ideal is not a reality that right. is not the world we live in now i didn't need a big kick in the ass to understand this right. partially because i'm 
in my forties, I'm 43 years old. I freaking, I've been around, I have kids. I've dealt with the legal system. I've uh, been arrested. I've yada, yada, yada. I, I've, I, I've done it. You know, right. So I've kind of experienced it. So I didn't need a kick in the ass to say utopia doesn't exist. I was like, yeah, my mom always told me when I was a kid, life's fair, not fair. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the reality. So go on about your business and you just got to figure it out because life isn't fair. It'll kick you in the teeth. And especially if you're down and if mm-hmm. you, you can't, you can't, add to being down you can't contribute to being down if you're down you have to be fighting to get up and if you're one of those people that refuses to fight to get up i don't want anything to do with you yeah and i think a lot of people do use this kind of ideal as a excuse to always be right and then also justify their complete total complacency and laziness, right? Like, Dude, well, you can be the smartest man in your mom's basement all day long. Yep. What have you ever done for society? Right. What have you ever done for another human being? Have you ever fed children? Have you ever like gotten home and couldn't stand up because you were so sore from a day's work? Like, mm-hmm. don't give me that. You're not more of a man. Oh, I'm smarter than you. My IQ is 130. Okay, I'll still kick your ass. Now what? <laughs> Survival of the fittest, not the smartest, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's sad because like doing the shit that we would like to see in the world once again would require a lot of work and a lot of time, a lot of dedication. And over time, you're not going to have this ideal just fall right into your lap. And even when you get that ideal, you're not going to be happy at that. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't want to kind of sit and accept is that your ideal and what you think you're going to feel like when you get there, you're not going to be happy because I think we talked about this on uh, the last show is that um, the human machine isn't built to be content and just happy right where it's at. I mean, you're built to struggle. You're built to, you know, get to that goal and then just keep going, right? You're never going to be happy with just what you got, you know, whatever I lift, (laughs) I remember the first time I lifted 500 pounds and then I'm like, okay, well, I want to lift it for three times instead of just once. Now you don't get to that point where you're like, okay, I've had enough. I'm good. And I mean, same deal goes with like income too, right? This idea of lifestyle creep where as you make more money, you start to spend more money. It's not like you just start pocketing the extra after $48,000, right? You start to spend a little bit more. And the next thing you know, you know, that just slowly creeps up to you over time. And once again, it's, it's just the idea that people think that, oh, if I could just get Dan Capistan, or if we could just get this politician, if we could just get this, you're not going to have a hero. And once again, your ideal isn't going to fall in your lap, but you can work yeah, towards something you, better. Right, so I want I want to I want to break a little piece of what you're saying off because I want to like cover this. And I want yeah. I want people that are not incorporated in this like world to understand how this world works. Right. So you said you can deadlift 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I bet you work with a mechanic that says, I don't give a fuck what you did. Look, I'll bitch slap the fuck out of you. Yes. Yes. Because right. there's a hierarchy. Like, yeah. Because they don't care. Like, that's not reality. You're deadlifting like a, a piece of metal. Like, they don't give a shit. 
It's like I could still outmaneuver you and I could fucking like my feet will move and I will get out of your way and I will knock the dog shit out of you. I don't Mm -hmm. care what you can deadlift. Mm -hmm. That does not make you a man. Like I remember this whole, uh, this whole like, like phase years ago. Do you even lift bro? What does it matter, (laughs) dude? What does it matter? Cause you would never show up on my front porch. Like you Mm -hmm. would never do it. It doesn't matter because there is, as you said, there's a hierarchy. There's something to be said that about a 70 year old man with rough hands who could still beat the hell out of a young man. Yeah. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like there, and and if, if people want to get like this chip on, Oh, that doesn't exist. All right. I'll introduce you. I know a dude right now I'd let you go talk <laughs> shit to. He's 80 years old. He would beat your ass. Mm-hmm. And he would beat you and laugh at you at the same time. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. It, it doesn't matter. You have to have, like, like, the reality of the situation has to set into your mind that nobody gives a shit about mm-hmm. this abstract point of view that you have. It doesn't matter. Right. So, and one of the things that really kind of steeped me when I started talking to people about kind of the idea of left wing being egalitarianism and right wing being more respect for hierarchies, um, I always apply this to like the situations in the shops that I've worked in because I've always understood kind of where I stand. Like um, I have all the certifications through GM and stuff like that, but there are guys out there who have been doing it way lo- like three times as long as I have because I've been working on cars for about 10 years. There are dudes who've been doing it for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Um that would work circles around me that never took a damn test in their entire life. Right. And, and that's, that's perfectly fine because once again, they built that, you know, that um, cognition and their ability through years and years and years and being exactly where I was at one point, just at a different time. And then over time, you know, I, I pay respect to those people. I understand the, uh, the two other guys in my shop that are older than me that turn way more hours than me and work way harder than me. It's because they've been around, they know what they're doing. And in some regards I do too, but in other regards, they're much better than me. And this is something very, very important. For yeah. You have, you have a certification, you have yeah. a piece of paper mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, well, your piece of paper does not, um, it, it doesn't like negate my life experience and exactly. what I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in in people and so whenever I say there's a shifting worldview, like I it, it really did there wasn't a whole lot of change for me. Like the only change for me really was I accepted Christianity, which is fine. If we want to talk about that, we can talk about that. But there's this misunderstanding in people that want to live, as Pete would say, in encapsulate in their heads. There's this misunderstanding that that they would be able to think them way their way out of a situation. They would be able to reason their way out of the situation. And unless you're in that situation and you understand that reason doesn't matter, that sometimes, as Kyle brought up, there's a hierarchy and you have to adhere to that hierarchy. And it doesn't matter what you say, what you think, or how smart you are. That hierarchy exists, and that hierarchy is going to exist. In determinant of where you think you belong or what you think you're entitled to. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's almost like a religious thing when you put it that way, because there really is kind of this idea of faith where you're kind of trusting yourself and where you are in the world and what's going to happen. So like my wife, whenever shit goes south, you know, as things do, I always tell her it's going to be okay no matter what, because I know that I'm going to work something out no matter what. And I understand that it may look rough at this time, but you know, I'm not necessarily religious, but I just know things are going to work out. And I have the faith and determination to make things work. And I think that some people don't like having this thought that they're not in control of everything and that they don't know some things in this regards. And it's uncomfortable, but you have to have faith not only in yourself, but also that, you know, the world around you is going to just be what it is no matter what, as in you're not going to have much an effect on things outside of you. So you might as well work like hell on the things you can control rather than try to focus on these external things. And an idea that you touched on there earlier about how, um, people reason with themselves and reason themselves out of certain things. Um, it, it's really interesting because smarter people can be really good at this because you can reason yourself into doing or reason yourself into all sorts of things that rationally uh, from the outside looking in, you wouldn't do, but you could sit here and have that conversation with yourself. Like, okay, well, uh, I shouldn't do this because of that and find loopholes around to intellectually justify why you shouldn't do something that needs done. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot of it has to do with youth mm -hmm. and, and I, 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 I like ideology and idealism like kind of attracts itself to youth. And I just kind of, uh, I, I just kind of think that, 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 that youthful exuberance, whereas it might be good and the hope and, and move like really like energetic kind of youthfulness. And, excited about ideas i don't really have an issue with what i really what i really take um issue with is if let, i mean let's just say you and i are our, our relationship you and i are friends you're mm -hmm. 29 i'm 43 like we're friends for a reason right and it's like if if you tell me i got this great idea and I'm excited about it and it's going to change my life. And I look at your idea and I say, okay, like this idea is shit. You wouldn't take it personally. You'd be like, mm -hmm. okay, why? Like, what, what am I missing? Because you understand that in my lifetime, I've seen things that you haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And so you understand that there's that humility is missing. When people think they're smart, when people discover ideas, when people um, engage in, in, in philosophy, they forget humility exists. So their ego takes over. Well, I mean, you can go read Carl Jung. Your ego isn't your true self. Your ego is what you put on as a mask to show the world. You have to humble yourself and get in touch with your insecurities and the things that you don't like about yourself and what makes like where that pain comes to fruition and 
you have to ex- like embrace that struggle because that struggle is what moves you forward, right? Mm-hmm. It's like lifting weights. You talk about lifting weights a lot because that's a major part of your life. Like if you were to stop lifting weights as soon as it hurt, you would get nowhere. There would be no, like you would make no advancement forward. So people have to understand that that pain is the growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the uh, sayings that I hear a lot is the 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 results you're looking for are usually in the work that you're seeking to avoid, and I really think that encapsulates it. <laughs> Jesus, because- that's a <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Because once again, the, the things you're avoiding to do are typically things that, that are delaying you because you know you should do this. But, like, but, the, but uh, the thing you are avoiding is the hard work that is going to yeah. actually make the difference. Yeah. So the that's one, the progress. <laughs> yeah. You, you brought up um, the. Uh, people having this idea or chasing after ideas without um, humility. And, and it just reminds me of the Dunning-Kruger effect. And it's funny because I'm looking at the graph right now and uh, they start off with like, no, nothing. And then you hit the peak of Mount stupid. Right. So like, you don't know anything about a subject. And then for people just listening, you know, you're climbing up and up and up. And then you're at the peak amount stupid where you think that, you know, absolutely everything there is to know about a subject. And this is usually like right after you learn about something. So like for me, yeah, when I first... like two pages of a book and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, right. yeah, I, yeah. I should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much people find out about libertarianism and then uh, three months later, you know, they're at the peak amount stupid and they think they know everything there is about um, everything there is to know about libertarianism. And then over time, you descend from Mount stupid and you get into the valley despair. Right. So then this is when after everybody pretty much kicked you to the curb and you've got the mulch and all the online debates that you thought you won, but you actually lost. And then from there, you could start to go on what they call the slope of enlightenment. So you begin to learn more and more. And then you hit a plateau of sustainability where you just kind of continue to learn and you understand the whole depth of knowledge out there that's available that you don't know, but you could learn. And you're open to it now because you're no longer this arrogant asshole who just learned something. And now you're like a, uh, you know, like a monkey with a fucking wrench that thinks that you could fix the world. The, um, well, the problem is, I, I say this all the time and that that reality when 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 you're faced with reality then suddenly it changes all of that you're no longer thinking through theory and philosophy and like there's reality and uh, especially if you have like kids to feed like it's going to change you it's going to change the way you look at things it's going to change the way you engage with things. Um, yeah. So reality is, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing that will smack you in the face. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, I mean, you can theorize your way through reality and it not work for you, but are you going to keep, are you going to keep, clinging on to the theory or are you going to be like oh okay well maybe i need to make some adjustments to the way i look at the world because reality isn't like my theory like my theory sounds great on paper but as soon as i try to like implement it into the system of reality it it backfires and it, it fucks me up like you have to be a you can have an iq of 
5,000 for all I care. If that's how you live your life, you're a retard, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny when um, in like 2020, people were complaining about um, getting the checks. And I, I get it. And obviously, we're paying that back now. But it's like, you could say, I won't take this on principle. And then, yeah, it looks really good. Or you could accept the fact that you were just handed this and make some kind of use out of it. Because if not, then everybody else is going to do, you know, take it, run. And you're going to be the dumbass who just said, oh, well, I stood on my principles and didn't take the money, which commendable. But once again, now what's yeah, the but, reality? But, but what, what fucking loser who's going to use the money in a really, really bad way took that money? Yeah. Like, you might as well take it. Mm -hmm. Like what i mean why not like what are you gonna do with it you're gonna buy gold crypto you're gonna you're gonna invest it you're gonna be smart with it might as well take it you know yeah. you might you might save some guy an overdose so you're like well that guy has a right to overdose so i didn't take the money so he did <laughs> he has a right to an overdose holy hell yeah i mean okay like no take the fucking money and do some good with it, you know. Mm -hmm. Go buy, even if you don't want it for yourself, even if you don't want it to uh, like invest in your own future or your children's future. Think about what you could do with that money. You could say, Oh, okay, I'm going to find a charity that builds homes for the poor, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go give that money to them, and I'm gonna spend two days out there building a house. Right. Like Habitat for Humanity or something, right? Yeah. Why don't you do that? Go buy fucking uh, Whataburger has this thing now where you can go buy burgers and all the all the dressing that for the burger comes on the side. You get like 20 burgers and enough lettuce and tomato and onion and pickles for 20 burgers. You go sit on the side of the road and hand that out to homeless people. Yeah. Like, so if you don't want to take the money... Because it's theft, well, get back to somebody, do something with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because somebody else would probably need it a lot more than you in that situation right. too. And, and you're you're offering access to people who aren't getting that money anyway because they live under a bridge or in a tent, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. like, so, like, what are you doing if you if you think the money is theft? Okay, well, you're not giving it back to the person. By saying, I don't want the money, I'm not going to accept it. It's not going going to go back to the person that it was stolen from. So give, mm. to, give it to somebody who could use it. Yeah. yeah like, where's your heart? And, and this is my thing about podcasters that, that really irritates me. It's like, why are you doing this? I have a very specific reason to podcast, to put this out there. I don't care how many people listen to my podcast. This podcast is not for the listeners. This podcast is for my kids because I want my kids to look at it and go, oh, wow, this is the shit my dad was struggling with and he was thinking about and he was he was coming up with conclusions for and he was talking about. Like, that's what I do my podcast for. I don't do my podcast for however many thousand people download it. I don't give a shit. Like, sorry, guys, it's not for you. Like, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad yeah. you get something out of it. But if you don't, you're not hurting my fucking feelings. 
If you want to come talk shit to me, I'm just going to shrug. I'm going to laugh and I'm going to go on about my business because I'm not fucking doing this for you. Uh Yeah. I mean, right there, you really laid out basically how your ego is into it. And I think once again, to go back to the meta idea that we're kind of talking about earlier is that a lot of people do just say, Oh no, my ego is for real. I want my kids to think I'm a fucking God, but (laughs) you know, but but you're not looking to the you you're not looking to be this the next big YouTube influencer, right? No, no, I'd rather, yeah. dude. Honestly, if, if somebody has some shit to say about my podcast, I'd rather them just show up on my property so I can beat the hell out of them. <laughs> like I, I, it's not a Christian thing to say, you know. God forgive me for that, but that's the way I feel about it. It's like as soon as you start talking shit to me or talking shit about my wife, or you start talking shit. Like my, my, I, my thought isn't, I want to argue with you. I don't want to argue with you. Like you're going to say it online, come say it to my face and we'll get it taken care of. And we'll take care of it quick. If you beat my ass, you beat my ass and that's fine. (laughs) If I beat your ass, I beat your ass, whatever. Once it's done, we'll have a beer and you'll fucking go on about your business and everything's going to be like, like fine. But the fact of the matter is, 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 is a lot of these people don't know what they're saying and do who they're talking to. Right. And I'm not saying I'm some big, bad motherfucker, but it, it's, it's all over the place. You see it all over and it's like, okay, yeah. You know, I'll give you my address. You can come to my house and you talk this shit to my face. And I've done it. I've done it on Twitter. I have doxxed myself more than I can fucking imagine. Like I'm like, come on, dude. Here's my address. What you want to come say that shit? You want to talk about my wife that way? You want to talk about me that way? Like, just come on, and we'll handle it, and we'll deal with it. But it's a different generation. Like, it's just a completely different thing. But my whole point is, you're going to continue to live in this creation in your mind this abstract idea in your mind in one of these days reality is going to punch you in the fucking face mm-hmm. yeah i mean it is a, a bitch too and i think a lot of uh people who don't necessarily have to deal with the consequences of their decisions um are ready for that reality so like my dad and i always talk about this when it comes to being a flat rate technician we always say that like if the whole world went flat rate overnight the entire world would change in an instant as in like everything you do you get paid for that job and you don't get paid to just exist right, right. um and then when you fuck something up you fix it for free as in you yeah. do not get paid again it's on you bro it comes <laughs> yeah. out of your pay right like, that's just the way it is sorry yeah. and a lot of people aren't ready for that reality and the people who just go in and they punch a clock and earn it and earn a check and i'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with these people but a lot of people have this entitled mindset of oh i deserve this right i deserve yeah. to be paid um, they're not used to having to deal with all the expenses. And then once again, if they fuck something up, they're on the hook for it. Um, it's a very well, entrepreneurial thing. And it's like, it's like those, uh, it's like the, uh, the whole idea of a $15 minimum wage. My yeah. wife and I were talking about this the other day, mm-hmm. instead of demanding a 15, $15 minimum wage, go learn a skill that demands $15. Oh, right. well, no, I can't do that. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's your problem? Yeah. Well, the question is never, uh, um, you know, what am I doing to get paid more? It's, you know, why don't I have a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage? Well, no, it's, it's, I deserve it. Right. I deserve it because I, I exist. No. Right. And because it's this is a quote unquote right. living wage, but yeah, nobody ever right. wants to have the full conversation of what am I doing or what can I be responsible what for that will earn me fifteen dollars an hour? Why can't right. you? I live, dude. 
for years, for, for years, I was raising kids. I had kids and a wife that did not work. And we were eating on $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. Like what makes $15 the magic number? Why right. not 20? Why not 40? Why not 50? Why not 150? Like your inability to manage your money and figure it out is not my problem. Right. And it's not your employer's responsibility either. You don't have a right to demand that that person pays you whatever wage you're requesting. Now you could ask and more than likely, if you're a worthy enough employee, you'll get the wages you want, but you need to well, provide enough value. Get, in order no, to you're not going to get the wages you want, but you, you, you could get more wages. Yeah. Right. Well, and a lot but, of people, but are you can't work at a gas station <laughs> and say, I deserve $15 an hour. Well, no, right. you don't. Why? That's the bottom of the totem pole. That's a 16 year old's job. Why are you 24 years old doing that job? Why haven't you advanced? What is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to accept the responsibility that part of the issue is they're not willing to do the work. Yeah. So I think you and I probably talked about this at one point on a podcast or just outside of it. Um, you know, like you said, all the conversations almost blend together, (laughs) but, um, I started off working at McDonald's for a year and a half and actually my wife did too. And I think she worked there for a few more years, but, um, I worked there for a year and a half. I worked for my dad over summer working on cars. And then I moved on to a a Chevy dealership where I was making minimum wage still. So I made minimum wage for years here in Pennsylvania. And, um, then I remember being grateful to finally make $9 an hour, like almost in tears crying because of how grateful I was to finally make $9 an hour. And like, when I see other people who start doing the same job that I was doing, just like making 12 or $15 an hour, I always can't help but think, and not like in a resentful way, but like you're like ruining these people because they will have zero appreciation when they make more money because they, they don't, they didn't have it remotely as hard as I did. And I'm not saying that people should be like literally physically beaten or anything like that, but like, might do you a little bit of good if you know you kind of had your balls kicked in a little bit throughout your career making no money so that way when you finally do get to somewhere and you are somewhat more of a reputable person and you're worthy of a little bit more money then you actually appreciate that you respect that you treat your job and your workplace with a lot more respect than just showing up you know two minutes to eight punching in and then doing nothing all day or you know punching and going and taking a shit for a half hour and going outside to smoke a cigarette and then doing nothing for uh, the first hour or two. I, it's just that the entitled kind of mindset that, that a lot of people are kind of bred with now just drives me absolutely insane because I grew up getting my fucking teeth kicked in to get to where I am today. And had somebody told me that if I would have just got my fucking act together when I was a little bit younger and treated me even maybe a little bit worse and I probably would have been further ahead than I am now. But, you know, we're too scared to tell people like, hey, you could do a lot better than you're doing right now. And you're a fucking asshole. And you could do so much better if you just shut the fuck up, put your nose to the grindstone and just fucking work for it. Right. Right. No. And, and I think that's why you and I get along so well, because I know <laughs> I know I, I know the atmosphere that you work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, I've been around mechanics my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, whether as a truck driver or or whatever. You know, when I was building cranes and I was a painter for a crane company, like these mechanics were always around. I know that world. I know how these people act. There's no, 
there's no like nursing you into the position. No, you either do it or you don't. If you belong there, you will prove that you belong there by doing the work, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, 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 I understand the world that you live in. And so I can talk to you in these ways. I can tell you these things. And even at your age, at 29 years old, you don't take offense because you're like, yeah, that's kind of the way it works. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, like, what can I say? I may not like it. I don't have to like it. It's just, it's, there's a reality to the situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there, I remember reading this quote. I want to say it was uh, Konkin that, that said this, who, who is an agorist for all of you anarchists out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah, every revolution just leads to a change in management. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there's never been a revolution that led to more freedom and anarchy <laughs> or any of this stuff. It just leads to another a change of management. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have those elites staring down at you. What are you going to do about it? You can bitch, moan, and groan all day long, or you can just figure out, all right, which elites would I rather live under? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. well, when, you, when you get in that situation, that mindset where you're like, all right, well, they're always going to be there. I'd rather live under this system, so we're just going to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight on the side of this system. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think it was when you were on uh, Courtney's podcast uh, just the other day. I listened to that. Um, What's it yesterday? That chick is so intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she's just a little powerhouse. She, she is, is so, so smart. Well, I was talking to Bobby too because um, I don't know if you know Bobby. Bobby, Bobby, oh, um, he does video and audio mm-hmm. um, for like Mark and Buck. Mm. <laughs> he also works with Monica Perez, and mm-hmm. in November of last year, he started working with Courtney. And so he texted me because I had met him at Childerberg and we'd spent time together and hung out and he knew who I was and I'd heard of him. Mm -hmm. And I think we met at Buck's house the first time uh, for Renegade University. So, um, but anyway, uh, he texted me the other day and he's like, here I am doing audio and video work for Courtney Turner and your, your face pops up. Like, and I was like, oh, damn, dude. He's like, yeah, I can't quit, quit you, bro. You know, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's a really good friend of mine. And mm-hmm. I, I love Bobby to death. He's uh, I actually tried to call him earlier, but he's in New Orleans on vacation. I totally forgot he was down in New Orleans. Um, so my apologies, Bobby. But um, he he has that. He, he works with all these people. And he's like. He told me, he's like, Courtney is so tiny, like in real life. And I was like, really? Like, cause I always kind of like pictured her. I'd only like been on video with her, you yeah. know, like whether on your show, the couple of shows that I've done on my podcast and then being on her, I always picture her about like five, 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 six, like just the yeah. average, like, oh, he's like, no, she's like this little tiny thing. You know, I'm like, dude, she is a freaking powerhouse. <laughs> She ain't playing. She doesn't take no shit from nobody. She's fucking awesome. I, I love her. Uh, I, I love her to death. But she is like, when she asked me, she's like, you want to come on a podcast? I was like, am I even qualified for this? <laughs> like, <laughs> You're way more knowledgeable than me, so you have right, to be called. Yeah. Just do it on my behalf. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, the one thing that just came to mind kind of when you were talking there was uh, I remember when I was working at the last shop I was at, and it was um, the job I held for the longest. And um, to kind of go back to the idea of hierarchy, there are two guys who were there for well over 20 years. And I respect these guys a lot still to this day. And um, they're just really, really good techs. And I remember kind of always having this idea that like they fucking hated me because I was, was the lower man on the totem pole, just was what it was. And I, I was walking into the bathroom and getting changed as they were kind of like washing up. And I remember hearing them like the one dude sounding kind of gracious that I came over and just helped them out, get some wheel locks or something stupid off. And like just the way that they were talking about it, it was like, oh, the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders because I knew that they recognized my place kind of in the shop at that point. I mean, right, I'd been working right. there for years at that point too. Yeah, and, it, and it's good. You're like you've yeah. been like you've gone through initiation and you're like kind of right. Like, yeah, like, it's like being in the military, you know, like, <laughs> I worked oil field for years, man. If you want to, like, if you want to feel bad about yourself, go work in the oil field. <laughs> like, you'll be suicidal by the time you come out of that fucking field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 same with mechanics, you know. And yeah. as a truck driver, I've dealt with mechanics a lot, you know. So it's like, I have this appreciation for what is being done. Mm -hmm. And they tell me stories about truck drivers that are total dicks and i'm like nah dude like because i know you could do some shit to my truck i would never be able to figure out <laughs> and yeah. so, so then i would just have to pay you again to fix something because like like i pissed you off and you're like all right yeah like let's let's play this fucking game but no i love truck drive i love mechanics uh tire guys on dude i'll freaking buy you a meal if you work on my truck i don't care i don't care who you are i'm like dude let me buy you something let me do something for you i know you're getting paid but like still let me let me like show you that i appreciate what you're doing and like there's a mechanic shop that we use with my current company that i work for that i drive for and like i love those guys those guys are funny they're they're hilarious they're nice dudes you know and i just tell them i you know i'm like hey man like whatever you got to do i'm gonna walk over to burger king do you want anything like i'll buy it for you like whatever you need <laughs> like because like that's the i know if my truck's not running i'm not making money yeah so that's my lifeline you know like so like mechanics in a lot of ways are like the uh surgeons for that that keep truckers alive and so <laughs> I've spent a lot of my time like thanking mechanics and and uh, and just like really adoring mechanics because like so much of what I do depends on the mechanic and their ability and willingness to get something done in a timely manner. Yeah, so th there's kind of like this mutual respect amongst blue collar people, and it's kind of what you were saying earlier. I'm like, I understand that I don't know jack shit about plumbing. So the 60, like, oh, he's probably like almost 70 years old now, fucking plumber that's been, you know, fixing my mom, my dad, my, you know, probably everybody in my family's plumbing, um, nicest dude in the world. And I give him a call and then he comes to the house, you know, when I'm not here, he fixes the shit and then leaves. And then like, he tells me what the price is. I don't bust his balls. I don't give him no shit. If something's, you know, still wrong after he does it, just hit him up and he comes back over. We shoot the shit. Right. Once again, I respect his craft. He knows what he's doing. He knows that me and my dad know what we're doing when we're fixing cars. 
and once again, we just there's a mutual respect. All yeah, we're all good. Around. Yeah, we're all good. Like, <laughs> yeah. like one of my good buddies, he's an AC repairman. Like, yeah. I couldn't do the job, man. I don't. I, <laughs> and and he's he's like one of the coolest dudes. I'll call him. He works for a company, but when I call him, he comes and does it on his own dime, you yeah. know, on his own time. And he'll, so he'll roll over to the house. He'll run diagnostics. He'll be like, "All right, you need like a a fifteen dollar part." And I'm like, "All right, so I'll give you like a hundred bucks." He's like, no, give me $15 to go buy it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, but you just spent your time like doing this for me. Right. But I mean, we're friends, you know, and he, and he knows that I appreciate what he's doing. Cause I didn't, I wouldn't know how to fix it. I wouldn't know how to do it, yeah. you know? And so it, he'll come over here. He'll spend like 10 minutes and, and, and within 10 minutes, he's like, oh, this is your problem. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, I just spent two days trying to figure it out. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> you know? And mm -hmm. and I'm like, let me give you some money. He's like, nah. Like, don't worry about it. Just give me the money for the parts. We'll drink a beer or something afterwards. And I'm like, all right. Like, cool. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, because we know each other, we have a respect for each other. We understand that we're offering something to each other that, others couldn't offer mm -hmm. you know he it, it, there's that mutual respect that love and camaraderie mm -hmm. you don't get that in this theory ridden world of libertarianism right yeah. it's like i get like i get the theory i understand the economics i get it like you, you don't have to explain it to me I'm a truck driver, but I'm not retarded. I'm not stupid. Like I can break it down pretty easily for the average Joe. But, and I, I mean, I've had these conversations with lots of friends of mine. Like, do you know Eric Sawyer? Yeah. All right. So like I would sit down with him and I'd be like, okay, so if I understand this right, yada, 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 yada. And he'd be like, yeah, you got it. But my respect for Eric Sawyer isn't because he knows economics and I can bounce these ideas off of him and understand them better. My respect for Eric Sawyer is because Eric Sawyer is a fucking blue collar guy that busts his ass and feeds his family. Right. Yeah. And I find myself enjoying the company of people who aren't libertarians, probably more than the average person who would call themselves libertarian do. I mean, I love all the people that I've worked with. And I mean, these guys are mostly just, you know, regular old boomer con guys. I'd go out and drink with them any day of the fucking week and we'd have a howl. We'd laugh our asses off. We'd have a good time. We wouldn't talk about politics or anything like that. We'd, you know, talk about work and, you know, shit outside of that. And I enjoy that shit. You know, same deal with my dad. We go out. Yeah, we, and you, you probably know, didn't whatever. even know their politics most of the time. Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, because it's not real. <laughs> yeah. It's this abstract idea. It's like, and this is where libertarians and kind of like the post-libertarians kind of had this argument. And I would get on to like Matt and Buck and Pete and like, I would. I would get on to them. I'd be like, you're, you're, you're not like grounding your argument properly, you know, and they would bitch and moan and groan. Well, libertarians don't have practice. And I'm like, yeah, but as long as you're fucking just arguing online, you don't have practice either. Like, <laughs> like that's not praxis. Just mm -hmm. by mentioning the word praxis, 
is not praxis. Praxis <laughs> is an actual action of doing something and determining something. Mm. Like, so you have to get out and lead by example. You don't lead by arguing people into your position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, anybody ever said that all of a sudden I've changed my mind because I had somebody finger wag at me. Um, I, I do know that a lot of people who see people who are setting a good example. Well, that's because like, not enough people have finger wagged at you. <laughs> yeah. One but more. You, Just you one more. You think about somebody like uh, our mutual friend, Buck. Um, he's a well-respected person. And, and the reason why I've like really looked to – I don't want to say – this in any regards uh, other than just the fact that i've listened to you and a bunch of other people talk about um orthodox christianity is because like he's such a good dude he's a good interviewer um he's a blue collar guy and he's a very very likable person he's leading by example Sweet. and then he never guy you'll ever meet i, I, I absolutely you'll, believe it you yeah. would never you'll never meet a nicer guy in the world mm -hmm. you know um i've i've met buck in person three times and I mean, the first time I saw him, he was like, you're Tommy. And I was like, yeah. And he just gave me a big hug. I mean, just the <laughs> sweetest dude in the world. And like, you'll never meet a sweetest, sweeter guy than Buck. And, you know, yeah. I, I, I could only like, I could only hope to one day be as nice as of a guy as Buck is. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not as patient. I don't, I don't have that in me. Uh, I'm just not that patient with people. I I assume fight a motherfucker as I would look at him most of the time. If you look at my Twitter feed, you'd probably think I'm a lot less patient than I actually am. But uh, uh, I, oh, I do like pig, talking which is why I like you. <laughs> we can only hope to be as nice as Buck, but he he leads by example, and you know he's a very very likable person. And every single time I've talked to him, I, I just could not get like a better kind of vibe out of the interaction. So, right. um, but that and we, being said, and I text with Buck. I, I, Buck and I um, are very, very close um, spiritually because yeah. a lot of the uh, of what we've gone through in our lives kind of overlap, and so we'll we'll balance things off. That so I, I probably I probably text with Buck probably two or three times a week, mm -hmm. um, just about life and yeah. and and just dealing with things from an from an orthodox standpoint and and we we bounce things off of each other and you'd be surprised like when you start opening yourselves up to to this world the people that reveal themselves to you and it would, wouldn't be necessarily be the people you would think right mm -hmm. and 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 you'll get in these really really close deep relationships with these guys because you're traveling similar journeys and and dealing with similar things and you don't have to get explicit about what that is you just kind of have to hint to it and they're like man i know dude like you're gonna be all right i'm going through the same thing i'm dealing with the same shit. i i'm looking at the same thing whatever it is and and you don't have to get like super explicit and it, it makes it makes that brotherhood that 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 kinship that friendship so like just solid you know mm -hmm. you're just tied together because there's so much that you can like there are things i can probably if if it really boiled down to it 
there are things I could talk to Buck about that I, I probably couldn't talk to anybody else about. And that's just because we're going through a lot of the same things. I could say something to him. I'd be like, this happened or I'm or this thought crossed my mind or I've engaged with this and it's really bothering me. Like, what do you think about it? And he wouldn't judge me at all. And I know mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and having, having that non-judgmental friendship right there at your fingertips at all times, um, no matter the circumstances is, it, it means a lot. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's something that Orthodox Christianity brought to me that I didn't know I was going to receive. Huh. Yeah, that's that's actually incredibly interesting. And it's kind of nice because uh, I'm guessing someone like Buck, you haven't known him for years and years and years. So it, it's kind of nice to get the outside in perspective without a lot of baggage. Like, not to say that you shouldn't talk to your wife or anything like that, but you know you're going to get a certain perspective from your wife because you spend so much time with her. Um, you don't see Buck every day like you do your wife. I, you know, I don't see you every day the same way I see my wife every day. Right. So you can get a different perspective. And once say- again... Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think. I, I think I've known Buck since 2020, 2019, mm-hmm. 2020. Is yeah. like y'all, uh, you could go back and look at my podcast. And the first time he came on my podcast was probably the first time I ever spoke to him in person. It was about an article I wrote on um on it was for the Libertarian Institute. It was on secession of Texas. So mm. that was probably the first time I ever spoke to him. And I knew who he was, but I had never talked to him. So I that was probably 2019. Yeah. Well, yeah. once again, you're you're getting a completely different perspective from him. And I uh I don't know, I just admire the people who seem to be shifting over to religious ideals. And not that I necessarily would see myself going down the same path, but I can't help but notice You'll get a pattern and all this. <laughs> okay. It's it's something that I never give much thought to um, I, I just because I understand that it's unfalsifiable. But the thing that I kind of like about religion is the adherence to an ideology that gives you some kind of discipline, right? So uh, in case people don't know, I'm a very, very disciplined person. So this idea that you have a more rigid belief set or a religion that kind of holds you to a standard well, to me seems there, very important. Yeah, there, there are physical disciplines too, like fasting and mm-hmm. yeah, like prayer and, and, you know, some are harder than others, you know? Right. And, and yeah, you would, you would enjoy that portion of it, that, that physical discipline. Um, I think my wife and I got in this conversation the other day, cause my wife is atheist, you know, and like, so what? Because um, it's not for me to judge my wife. My job, as we talked about before, is to be the priest of the household, right? Mm-hmm. And and being the priest doesn't mean preaching. It means that I am taking the sins of the household on my shoulders. The responsibilities of the household fall upon me. So it's not it, it, it's not what people think it is, and. Um, she was like, you know, you found this thing and, and I kind of feel left out at times. And I, I, I told her, I said, um, are you surprised I found something? Because since the day you met me, the only thing I wanted to do is find truth. 
And now that I've found truth, you can't hold it against me because I've been looking for it. And I realized in the process, truth wasn't a thing. It was a person. Mm. And so it, but I had to be able to come to the realization that truth was a person before any of it made any sense. And so she, she was like, yeah, I mean, that's who you are. That, that was your, that was your whole thing was all you were, you buy hundreds of dollars of books every month. And the only thing you wanted out of them was a kernel of truth was to figure out what was happening. Right. And, and I'm like, yeah. So now that I've found truth and what, who and what he is, you can't be mad about it. And she was like, yeah, because I knew what I was getting into when I married you. Hmm. Yeah. I, when it comes to something like that, like my wife, um, believes in God and believes in ghosts, which always seems silly to me, but I don't Why? put right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it cause I don't believe it. And her experience is it, she, she claims that she's had physical experiences with ghosts as in people touching her leg or pulling her a certain direction, things in the house or things that she's seen throughout her life. And this isn't like when I say it sounds silly to me, it's just because I've never experienced that. And to me, my my knee jerk reaction is this is something that can be explained in, in you know scientifically as in like you'd be able to put a number on something to explain what you saw there but um Kyle, at the same time i i don't know i have no Kyle, way to say that one way or the other yeah i've sent you pictures of ghosts yeah, yes you did yes you did that's right that took me a second yeah why don't you believe you saw I, it it's it's not something that I've seen in front of my you face. Saw it. I just I've seen yeah. pictures of ghosts. <laughs> You've seen it. Well, your wife's not crazy. Show it to your wife. She's not nuts. <laughs> she she would agree with you. She she Quit would definitely uh... Quit being a dick. Be the priest of your house. Don't be a fucking asshole. <laughs> your wife's not crazy. Tell her to call me. <laughs> I've lost her fucking mind. I don't think she's lost her mind. No, I'm, I'm playing. But um, you know, she yeah, no, because I was thinking, I was saying, I'm gonna send him this picture. I'm like, oh wait, I've already sent him this picture. Yeah, like, fuck this guy. You know, <laughs> um, it's just, just her experience. Your reaction yeah. was like, holy shit, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but I mean, once again, her experience and your experience is obviously completely different than mine. And the way that I may end up coming to I God think, if I do is going to be different than the way that obviously you have and she did. Well, people are. Uh, there are some people that are. I mean, um, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say this like nicely. Mm -hmm. um, I'll lay it out as ugly as possible. Go ahead. Yeah, right. <laughs> I had, I had a I had a three hour long conversation with um, Father Turbo Qualls on. I was just uh, listening before uh, we came on here, actually. On, on Christmas Eve of 2021, and he and I like chatted. He'll be coming on my podcast soon. Uh, nice. He was, I was supposed to record with him yesterday, but he had something come up he had to take care of. And um, so we're going to reschedule it, but it, it'll be all right. Um, it, it's on me. I got to get on this calendar and make another um, appointment with him. He's a very busy priest, but um, 
let's, let's, let's see how I want to how I want to engage this topic. Um, so there are things that can happen to a person in their youth um, when they're innocent and uh, not completely uh, numbed by the world around them that will leave them sensitive to the invisible world. And, um, when you, when, when you were that type of person, those experiences don't stop. The, you will, you will see and experience and feel things that others do not see experience or feel. Mm-hmm. Belief does not come from seeing feeling or experiencing those things belief is comes from acting on an idea making that action a habit and then as you act upon that idea your mind will follow so much of the west is caught up in scholasticism and the idea of belief as this um, abstract idea that runs through their head. But let's say you want to know if your wife is right or if I'm right. Well, you wouldn't just sit there and wait for it to happen to you. What would you do? You would look for what we found, right? How would you look for what we would found? What we had found, it would be by engaging in steps to bring that forward for you. Um, I would say one of the major steps that would do that would be the Jesus prayer. But by saying that I don't believe because I don't have the same experiences is not an excuse. Mm -hmm. You don't believe because you don't act. Belief is shown by action. It is not shown by a thought process. Okay. So it's, to me, it seems like this was something that she had believed, obviously, and experienced when she was probably throughout a a lot of her early life. She has many, many tales of how this happened. Yeah. Um, once again, I was. I would, I would guess that her and I could sit down and have a conversation that you would not understand. More than likely, and I'm completely honest about that because um, when it comes to the more metaphysical and the belief sphere of religious stuff, once again, this is just something that I don't necessarily engage with, and it's not something yeah, but, that you're, I put a lot of Okay, to. okay. So you're you're speaking a belief in this abstract mental exercise of checking Mm -hmm. a box true or false in your mind yes okay that is not the etymology of the word belief belief Mm -hmm. is the etymology of the word belief is to care or to love it is an action it is not this mental exercise like so where you're getting in your own way is you are psychoanalyzing every single element of this you see what i'm saying 
you don't experience things because you think them. You experience things because you act upon them. You did not experience better muscle mass because you thought about it. I acted in a way that got me there. You thought about, I want better muscle mass. So if you think, I want this experience, I must act in a way that gets me there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's um, it's it's this, it's this um, Western kind of like um, pollution of the ideals, and this flows through Catholicism and a lot of Protestantism through the Reformation that has kind of misconstrued what all these things mean and what how it how you interact with it. And so interacting with it is actual interact actual interaction. It is not just a mental exercise. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of the idea. And so if you in, indeed wanted this this experience or this idea or this thought or this belief or or however you want to like say it, then your your body then you would be acting upon you would be acting in a way in which you could interact with that idea. You see what I'm saying? Right. So basically acting in a way that my wife did at the time that she had experienced, she had these experiences. Correct. And probably in a way that she still acts that maybe Mm -hmm. you don't recognize because it's just who she is. Right. It's probably like fed deep within her. All right. Because, I don't want to like I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole on on air about about what I'm saying here. Sure. Um I would be uh, Let me just say it this way. I'd be I'd be venturing that you know something about your wife's past that made it possible for her to experience something that you would never be able to experience. That's deep. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Let's let's get okay. into this conversation off air. I, I don't think it's a. I don't think the uh, like a podcast is a place to talk about this. to to flesh out. Well, I, I I like this this idea because okay, so I, I think we that, just need to go back to the action belief thing and well, yeah, okay. So th- this is where I'm coming at it from is that um, I'm very analytical. So once again, um, I, I, uh, no, I know you yeah, are, but right. I, I don't want to touch on sensitive topics. No, 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 you no, not at all, not at all. I don't want to drag it into that area that well, people are like hearing dirty laundry that maybe doesn't nah. need the air. No, absolutely not. No, no, there is none, fortunately, because my wife and I do have a very, very good relationship. And no, 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 not about y'all's relationship, but about mm. history and things. Mm. And- right. It's like every time she would bring something like this up, it's always because I'm looking at it very empirically. And it's because I don't have the same presuppositions that she does about religion and spirituality. She kind of takes these things as a given. And I don't necessarily share that base belief that these things can Uh, and do happen. So you you see what I'm saying? And and like, I'm like, it's kind of funny because like, when you talk to a, when you talk to an Orthodox Christian, you'll ask an Orthodox Christian, do you believe in God? And they'll kind of laugh at you. 
because they don't, like I said, belief doesn't mean the same thing. The etymology of the word belief isn't what you think it's mean, mm-hmm. right? When they, when, when you ask an Orthodox Christian, do you believe in God? That would be like asking you, do you believe in your dad? Right. You so they're because, starting for the presupposition that God it's is something real. I've experienced. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's a person <coughs> that I've experienced. Okay. And so what I'm trying to disclose to you in, in, in getting into the etymology of belief in about taking actions, it's like, if you want to know, then you would do these things right. and you would meet this person. Okay, so the, the way that you explained it right there actually kind of gets me a lot, lot a lot further along the way because, once again, this is starting, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but basically your interpretation is that, like, I believe God is a person because I have experience and I have a relationship with this specific entity, right? I don't want to say it, a person it, because... Again, it, like I said, it's like believing that your dad exists. It's like, I don't believe God exists. Mm-hmm. I've met him. And so when you ask me, do you believe in God? I think it's funny. Like sure. it's not, it, it'd be like, a, it'd be like me saying, Kyle, do you believe in your dad? All right. Well, yeah. 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 I know my dad. I've met him. Well, how do you know somebody? Do you read a book about him? No, you talk to them. All right. Okay. So how did I get to know God or at least to the, point that I do know God was not reading about God. Like, I don't know my wife because I read a bunch of facts about my wife. I know my wife because I have spent time with my wife. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then there's also a series of experiences that kind of go into where you are today. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Belief, the etymology of the word belief means you have to take action. Because, like, you're not going to know just by reading a few words on a page. I can read Rothbard daily. It doesn't make me believe what he says. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But the interaction with the words, the interaction with the and, and in, engaging in the process of getting to know the individual Christ has led me to a position to where I can unabashedly say i know christ exists and you say do you believe and i'm like well that's a ridiculous word you see what i'm saying right and i guess this is probably one area where i'm always a little foggy because like in my mind and i'm sure that Jesus, you know, i didn't know this was going to turn into a bible study I am not qualified to be a theologian, man. I'm, I'm not. I can give you my experiences. That's the best I can do. So please don't follow anything I'd say as if it is the word of God. That's not what I'm offering. It's go. Go ahead, though. I, yeah, no, no, that's that's okay. I'm not that's shy okay. talking about it. I'm like we'll we'll chat about it. Like it's fine. it's really interesting to me because, like, in, in once again, in my mind saying does god exist yes or no that that's like in my mind i'm looking at this as like can you definitively prove this can you touch can you sense can you smell can you you know mathematically prove that this is there and exists yes. technically you, okay 
I can't, and I can't say that it's that there yes, is a god. And I just told you how or not through experience. Well, but once again, this isn't something that you necessarily touch or can smell or feel or can mathematically yes. prove that exists. Or at least once again, this is just the way that not, I flesh it's, this it's, out. It's not. It's not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. These things don't mean what you think they mean. Is is what I'm getting at, and this is why I'm giving you a hard time. I, I, I'm, no, I'm, no, it's fine. I'm just doing it to be a prick <laughs> in, in in some <laughs> amount of fashion. Sure. But yes, yeah, like, all right, what? Why do um, we have incense or icons or stand while worshiping or? Um, you know, do the sign of the cross. Why do we do these things? It's because you're changing your composition because you believe no, you're performing no, no, an action. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. It's because you're you want every every one of your senses to engage. Mm. And as these, like, whenever I walk in my like I, I call it my prayer closet, it, my altar. It's I have icons up. I light a candle. I light incense. I bow. I do the sign of the cross. I pray. Right? Like, what is it? What is it? Like, what am I doing? I'm engaging with someone. Right? And so it's all of my senses involved in the process. It's not the idea it's not thought this is why i keep saying like you're what you're saying belief is is not belief it's abstract belief is an action it's it's engaging in in a different way right and and back to what i was saying a while ago if someone were to have experiences when they're very innocent as a child mm-hmm. and 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 they they grow up and they're sensitive to the the invisible world and they have these interactions sure. and experiences that that take place with ghosts or what whatever you want to call these things um when they interact in the way that I interact with Christ it means something because there's there's something happening right it might take someone like you that was never sensitized to these things a little bit longer to figure it out right. and to understand it. But it doesn't mean you couldn't get there. It doesn't mean you can't experience it. Um, and this is why I brought up the Jesus prayer, because it's the most powerful short prayer that a person can say. And it's it's a surefire way to engage with something. And, and so I wouldn't suggest doing it with under, out from under the guidance of somebody like a spiritual father or a priest or somebody that knows what that, what they're talking about, um, which is the way I engaged in it to begin with. And it freaked me out. It caused all kinds of issues with me. All right. But what I'm saying is it's, it's the incorporation of the five senses into knowing Christ that mm-hmm. belief is. That just the thought is just an idea. Like, that's not belief. Just because I think about something doesn't mean I believe it. I think my chickens should eat. I should probably go feed them before they eat, though. 
-hmm. You know, like it's not doing me any good to just think about something. In no other aspect of our lives do we expect just thinking about it to be enough. Right. But but for some reason, people think that this is different. And it's like, no, you have to engage with it just like you engage with work, just like you engage with your wife. Like if you want that relationship, you should build it like any other relationship. It's not mm -hmm. different and you can't view it as different. And it's not fair to say, well, because I thought about it and nothing happened. Well, what did you do? Like, did you engage in that relationship? Did you build? It's like, if I were to walk up my wife, well, I thought about loving you. So you should feel it. Like, mm -hmm. no, like, I got to do things. I got to like make her feel loved. I got to like engage with that relationship in a loving manner. And as a man, I, she needs that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and there's no other relationship in the world you would expect to grow by just thinking about it. And it's not fair. Mm -hmm. It's not a reality to think that that's what Christ is or God is or whatever term you want to put on it. No, it's an mm -hmm. engagement. You're engaging in this. And this is why I got tired of Protestantism and became agnostic was because like none of this makes any sense to me. Like it doesn't make any sense. You're telling me there's this mystical reality, but only thing that matters is materiality. Like none of this makes sense to me. No, you got to engage in it. And if you don't, if you, and, and, and if you're not willing to, I'm, I'm not going to insult you, right. but your curiosity has to lead to some action, right? It either leads to action or you might as well just stop thinking about it. Okay. All right. Now, my, my third eye is opening as we go further and further down this rabbit hole. I, so, can, I can hear it. It's like, it, yeah, it, it groans like a cave or something. <laughs> it, it's just because I don't it, it engage in this um, perspective a lot. And it's once again, not something that I necessarily think about, but basically the idea would be to you're engaging physically and mentally in behaviors that you would almost with somebody so like when you go to your prayer closet because then, it is somebody right but once again to to an atheist and not that i'm necessarily an atheist i once again well, don't be an atheist They're <laughs> stupid. i can send you a i can send you an atheist versus christian debate that'll make you go like i want nothing to do with these mm -hmm. people they have no idea what the hell is happening in the world yeah, I mean, I, I actually do kind of, I used to listen to a lot of those debates. So like one of the uh, people that actually influenced a lot of the way that I think is uh, Stefan Molyneux, and he considers himself an atheist, but I really yeah, like his approach to stuff. I, 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 once again, my brother kind of shoved them off on me and now I don't listen to that much anymore, but um, I've always enjoyed a lot of his content. I've tried to listen to him and every, every debate I've ever heard him in and he just comes across like smug and. Like, yeah and it's just like okay whatever i don't want to listen to this I, yeah like this. his work on like peaceful parenting and like a lot of the podcasting stuff and even like when we talk about uh iq stuff i always found it to be very very fascinating and then also like talking about relationships and children um that stuff just always fascinated the living shit out of me but so like what i'm kind of picking up here is that you're engaging with an entity and you're manifesting behaviors as if you were 
approaching a relationship and that is the way that you view your religion and your relationship with christ and to a higher being i don't want to just say god because it, you know just like when you go to your prayer closet once again you're you're manifesting a whole environment around this one specific task to connect with somebody kind of the yeah. same way that like let's say if i take my There's wife your, to dinner or something yeah 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 taking your wife on a date yeah that's right, right. It, it's basically just creating an environment where you engage with somebody in a way an intimate that, way yeah right that that's that's how i'm envisioning this and once again because i'm not religious and i was never raised religious never went to church or anything like that it that's kind of once again how i'm how i'm picking this apart and how it makes sense to me no you're right you're right mm -hmm. that this is what i'm telling you like this this whole notion of of thinking therefore it, it, what was it uh was it no what plato it might have been aristotle that said god is just thought thinking himself i mean it's, it's like that's kind of like where this whole idea came from that it's all in your head um yeah no it's not in your head it it's it's a physical manifestation belief is a physical manifestation of how you engage with the world mm -hmm so so i like i have no reason like i to convince you of anything mm -hmm. it, it would be your own experience and if you say well i've never met god it, like i would just say that's because you've never tried right i've never had a bicep well that's because you've never done a curl you know it, it's it's an action and mm -hmm. like that's the best way i know how to explain it to you because like you're engaged in working out, right? And, yeah. And so, so, well, well th this whole conversation that we're having right now, like this specific part is very interesting to me because I feel like this is where atheists kind of lose the plot is because they're not willing to engage in good faith with the idea that they're wrong and participate in the activity that you're kind of mentioning here. And to me, that's kind of like when you've completely lost the plot is that when you're not willing to consider this reality that you're speaking right so like what basically everything that you just laid out about how you basically foster an environment for you to have this ideal relationship or this ideal engagement with what you see as a higher being um this would be something that i would consider doing myself and in good faith and trusting that i would see the same thing that you see or in my own way um i feel like a lot of people who consider themselves devout staunch atheists aren't willing to consider that they would have a similar experience right yeah it, it, with with atheism i mean atheism is is pretty easy to kind of usher out the door as as um not reality and and so i don't really engage in that conversation mm -hmm. so much because I, I i think it's pretty easy for me mentally to do away with right mm -hmm. so because atheists want to say that there's reason there's logic there's truth there's objective there's objectivity there's all these things i say that there's only those things because there is a god well they they don't they just take the god off of it mm -hmm. so they have to presuppose thousands of things that are based off of just presuppositions and i'm like okay let's say for for sake of argument 
I can't prove there's a God. I presuppose one thing. You presuppose a thousand, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm making the least amount of presuppositions. So I win the argument, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so it, for me, atheism is not even a reason. It never was, which is why I always called myself agnostic it is like, yeah, like you can never know was, was kind of my way mm -hmm. of, of looking at life until I discovered there was a way you could know. But mm -hmm. the way that you can know is a very uncomfortable course of action. And so I understand why people don't want to know. And, right. and as far as I'm concerned, if I tell you, like, there's a way you can know, and here are the actions that you can take in order to engage and find out and know. And if you don't do it, then that just means you're uncomfortable in acting in that way. Then, I mean, I'm not going to insult you for it. I don't, I, okay. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It sucks sometimes. Like, I'm not saying it's fun. You know, I'm just saying like, if you're looking for knowledge, there are ways that you can find it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not, I don't want you to take it wrong as me like insulting you saying, well, no, 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 no. You got to do that. I'm not saying you have to do anything. I'm saying that your understanding of what belief is, is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, this is, uh, like I said, this is just not something that I typically talk about, but I do find it very, very fascinating. And then I, I kind of noticed that as I get older and as life kind of dishes more responsibility my way this becomes the idea of religion does become much more attractive and that's kind of been a theme that i've shared with a lot of people and the reason why it's something that's appealed to me as of recently yeah i mean you and i have talked about mm -hmm. like what pushed me down the road of of looking and i don't know if we've gotten like extreme detail but we've talked a bit about it and, and kind of what the journey was for me. And I know you listen to my podcast pretty regularly, so it's not like hard to find out like what I'm doing, what I'm going through the way I engage in these things, you know, um, I'm pretty open. I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty, um, honest about, how I engage in it. it's just there's there's a western kind of idea and all of us are polluted by it because where we were like born the way we were taught um the way that we've engaged in life and in in my whole thing is like like kind of what I'm trying to say is if you want to experience Christ if you want to know him as a person you have to forget that western like logical reasonable kind of mindset that that scholasticism is only going to get in your way you're not gonna get like what makes you so special that your reason is of that which could form the heavens and the earth from a simple word. 
And if you can admit, I don't have that power to form the heavens and the earth from speaking a word, then you probably should step back and say, I can't reason my way to understanding any kind of being that could have that kind of power. Mm -hmm. And if that's what it is, then what you want to do, at least what I found I wanted to do in order to discover what it was that I was looking at was to look at people that had experienced that person. All right. So how did you experience that person? Oh, it was not just a thought process. It was a course of action that you took and engaged in. And you built that relationship just like you would build any other relationship. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the atheist critique, if you will, would be that what if there was a scientific explanation for how the universe came to be? And once again, I, I'm not claiming knowledge any which way because I just I'm not well enough informed one way or the other. But that's once again, that would be. I would imagine the atheist critique is that we don't know one way or the other and we can't prove it. But then that would be atheist. That would be agnostic. Okay. See, the problem is, is atheism is, is just as religious as any religion. Right. Because you claim certainty of something that's unknowable. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to come at me from an agnostic point of view, I'm like, all Mm -hmm. right, well, what's it going to hurt to try it? to try to experience it, to try to understand it. The atheists are coming at you from a dogmatic point of view. They're never coming at you from an honest point of view. And so if an atheist came to me and said, what if I'd say, well, what if a frog had wings? It wouldn't bump its butt on the ground when it opts because it doesn't matter what an atheist says to me mm-hmm. because they're being dogmatic. I'm not trying to be dogmatic. I'm not trying to tell you, to do anything. I'm not evangelizing to you. That is not my goal. That is not where I see myself. That is not what I see my purpose as. You ask me questions, I'll answer your questions. I'm going to tell you honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. And if you come back at me, if you ask me a question and I tell you, give you an honest answer, you say, but what if, what are, yeah, what if, like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, if that's the way you want to, like if that's the way you want to engage mm-hmm. with the subject, then yeah, I don't care. It's not, it's not that mean anything to me. It does, it doesn't matter. Like you do mm-hmm. what you want to do, man. Like I'm telling you what I've experienced and what I see. My my whole point was I'm just correcting your etymology. That was sure. it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it's not, I don't mean it to be insulting. Yeah. I just don't care that much whether or not you think or believe or feel the same way I do. It doesn't matter to me that much. Okay. That's my dog making an announcement, <laughs> but um, Dude, I, 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 I awesome. Oh my God. He, he is just the absolute best. He's been very, very uh, lovable these last couple of weeks. Now I got a uh, questions to ask my wife and she probably heard me say that as she walked out to go to the bathroom. Um, no, th- this, um, this whole idea really, like I said, kind of opened up my third eye because this isn't the perspective that I get because 
and I think you would probably agree that some religious people do approach this dogmatically as well, because it, but they're just in the other direction. Right. And, and I'm not saying that you're doing that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to like your, your belief or lack of belief or, or your ideas don't have that much influence on what I think. Sure. In the way I interact with life. Yeah. So it doesn't really, uh, you know me well enough to know that I'm not the type of person to be swayed real easily one way or the other yeah. by, by what people think about me. It's just like, <laughs> not, it's not super important to me. So, uh, it's like, all right, like whatever. I don't care so much. Like you, I mean, like I said, you asked me a question, I'll, I'll, I'll answer you honestly, yeah. but I'm not going to and I don't mean to be a dick by it. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, you and I are friends. So I feel like I can be, be open and honest with you. I can, yeah. I can honestly tell you the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let you misconstrue what I'm saying yeah. to a degree to where I was like, no, like that, that makes sense to me. Like if you, if you're like, what you're saying is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like that, that doesn't even sound familiar. Like when did, when did I say that? Then I'm yeah. going to tell you like, no, nah, like that's yeah. not what I'm saying. Like, and obviously the, the, the goal, especially when we got down kind of the religion rabbit hole is that um, I want to understand where you're coming at because the, the way that you laid out really kind of did open my, like I said, the, the third eye, if you will, because I've just never had someone necessarily explain it in the way that you did where I now kind of get the perspective a lot more where, it's it's hard for me to imagine it just because once again i'm not there and this isn't something that i was ever necessarily exposed to but the yeah. idea that you engage in activities and behaviors that culminate and facilitate your i don't want to say your religion but your relationship with a higher being is fascinating to me right like this this kind of idea and that perspective fascinates the fuck out of me because normally the I'm, bad at it. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say <laughs> I'm an expert. I'm bad at yeah. it. You it know, is... I mean, I I confess mm -hmm. constantly I'm bad at it. You yeah. know, um, I'm reading um a book by uh Saint Sophroni, um, mm -hmm. but but he was writing a biography of his spiritual father, Saint uh Silouan. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Saint Silouan talks about is whenever he went to Mount Athos to be an ascetic like his imagination and his thoughts and his mind got in his way a lot. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm trying to explain to you is the proper way of doing it. Not necessarily what I've mastered or become an mm -hmm. expert at, you know, right. Yeah. yeah it's it, so, um, again, I, I don't, I don't think you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at it as any different than going to the gym, mm -hmm. right? You go to the gym, you work out and you get results over time. It doesn't happen immediately. You don't go to the gym and bench press, you know, 300 pounds the first time you show up, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it's a, it's a process and, and you're, and you're making progress mm -hmm. as it goes. So, whenever I'm saying you're, you're interacting, all I'm telling you is start taking action. It, it's not that it, it's not that you're going to get that experience immediately right. or understand what you're dealing with or any of that. 
you do these things as an exercise to build that, like, as you mentioned, your third eye, we'll just call it that. And in the Orthodox uh, phronema, it would be called a noose. Um, but that's what you're doing. You're building that, that you're building that muscle. And, and it's no different than building a muscle. It's no different than um, engaging in, in a relationship. It, it's the same thing. You're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just, it's maybe more of a planned thing. You, you, you gotta, which, why, which is why I think it like, from your mindset, it would like very much like make sense from that of going to the gym and exercising because it's sure. something you have to kind of put on your schedule. It's a new thing, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of times when you're infatuated with the person, you're building that relationship with them. It's not a whole lot of thought that goes into what you're doing. Yeah. But, but when you go into the, the act of like building muscle and working out and, it's very similar to that, I would say. Yeah. So, like the way that I'm kind of imagining this in my mind is that once again, you, it's like you. So the building muscle is kind of like an abstract, right? Because you don't necessarily have those muscles that you're envisioning on you at this time. Right. But once again, you know that going to the gym, but is you going can to, go, It's going to build you, the bridge. But you can go look at an icon of Arnold Schwarzenegger whenever he was at his prime. Right. No, no different than I can walk. I can look up right now and I can see an icon of Jesus, Mary and, and uh, the Archangel Michael, right. Mm-hmm. Looking down upon me from my desk. I can look in there. And I can see an icon of St. Saffroni and St. Silouan, St. Thomas. Like these, they're icons. They they have mastered that position, that spot, which, and would, then, which the Orthodox yeah. would call theosis. So then you would go to pray and once again, you know, go, go to wherever you feel most comfortable in facilitating these behaviors right. to once again build this bridge to get you closer to the ideal because like uh, the way that i I always kind of looked at religion is that it's like okay yes i believe in god and then i believe in these abstracts these stories um and this is kind of where i come from and this is how i view life is through these series of stories and beliefs that kind of coat my reality right like uh, like i told uh courtney there are many ways of reading the bible one of the ways that you can read the Bible is looking for patterns because human nature doesn't change. Right. So that's that's kind of how I initially looked at religion rather than like a series of behaviors that you engage in to show that you you know th- to express this relationship, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways um of any religious talk that I've ever had, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, no, I mean. It's, I think if you and I sat and we just chatted, like you would, you would have like, a, I mean, I think you have a decent understanding, like I said, because you work out, like it's not that much of a different thing. You're working out of something that you've never worked out before. So you're starting a new muscle right? and, and that muscle will then put you in a position to engage in in this relationship right right and um 
But I mean, some of us like your wife or like myself, um, have, have, are in a position to where some of these things come a little bit more naturally to us Mm -hmm. than they do to others. And it doesn't make me holier or better or anything like that. In a lot of ways, it makes it worse for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm more open to attack and I'm more open to distraction and I'm more open to, there's a, there's a lot of things I deal with. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at the right things, you know? Well, all I can say is you're never going to have that answer until you engage it. Mm -hmm. Right. You're never going to get those biceps until you start curling. Sure. <laughs> you you, you yeah. never get the uh, the, so, the Jesus like, can, until you yeah. yeah I can tell you like mm-hmm. this is what mattered or happened or what I've engaged in but it doesn't matter until you do it you right know? so I can I can you know fulfill your curiosities all day long mm-hmm. but it's never going to be a complete picture I don't I don't have the ability to draw a complete mm-hmm. picture and to make make it obvious for anybody that's that's not my that's not my strength that's not what it what what it's the way it works that's just not it and but it's it's on the individual to do that yeah it's a point yeah mm-hmm. i mean I, I i i give you that i i think i think with me um i'm i'm just learning how to pray um i'm it's not a strong point i have and um i'm i'm very willing to admit that and that you know um going to liturgy was was what really did it for me was making a point to go to liturgy um as many as many weekends as many sundays as i could uh-huh. and engaging in the process of worship um and and engaging after I became um, accepted to the church, after I was accepted into the church and and uh, chrismated, then engaging in the sacraments because the sacraments is where you find salvation. Um, salvation is not going to come from a feeling or a thought or any of these things. It's it's going to come from engaging in the the blessings that were left to humanity from God. Yeah, I, I think it's uh I think this is something that I'd be willing to to be open to because it, like I said, these uh it's not years, it's 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 so much different than what we've been taught Christianity was, mm-hmm. which is what opened my mind to it. Well, I once again I have like people talk about Protestantism and Orthodox and Catholicism, zero fucking clue. I know jack shit. Right, <laughs> I'll be the first one to admit that I, I was I was raised that. I was raised Southern Baptist, so yeah. which would be Protestant uh-huh. um, as post Reformation. And I yeah. mean, if you want to get into the um, the history of how all that happened, um, Father Josiah Trenum wrote a book called Rock and Sand that's really good, and he gets into all the history. I don't necessarily need that information. Yeah. Um, for me, because I, like I said, I experience things. I 
you and I have talked about it. And, and so the last thing I needed, like not last thing, but it was one of the most obscure things in my life was actually getting into the history of the church and understanding how it works and where Protestantism came from and Catholicism like that stuff didn't matter to me. Um, I was raised Southern Baptist. I was trying, I came to the conclusion that, all right, there's no way anybody can know because all the questions I had could not be answered. And then I found orthodoxy and the questions I had were being answered. And not only were they being answered, I was being given a blueprint uh, of how I should interact day to day um, within in the spiritual life in order for me to build a relationship with, mm-hmm. with, with God and through doing those actions through taking the action um, I've, I've experienced God. I, I, I don't know how to explain to you yeah. that I have, but if you do the things you will know if you do, you know, it's, it's, it happens within your noose. It's um something that you can't explain. It's something I wouldn't venture to try to put words to, um, cause I wouldn't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you could do something as easy. I see you boogie. I'll be done in a minute. He's, outside the window staring at me um (laughs) so it would it would be something like i would like suggest for like you and your wife let's say because she's a little bit more open to these things than you are get an icon get a prayer book and stand in front of that icon for five or ten minutes reading prayers Mm -hmm. and do that every night and every morning with your wife i I guarantee you things change. I guarantee you something happens. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the way that you engage in, in learning about God. You don't learn about God because you read a book, whether it's the Bible or whatever, and you have some knowledge. It would be no different than me reading your wife's diary. You would still know your wife better than I did. Yeah. So basically I know some facts that you don't know, Mm -hmm. But you still know your wife more, right. better than I do. So basically the uh, saying of the prayers would be the exercises that get you to flex this particular muscle. Maybe like you the conversation to the that you and I are having. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or you don't even have to get a prayer book. I mean, I'm sure you mm-hmm. probably have a Bible at your house. Just read the Psalms. Sure. Read one Psalm a day with your wife. Just out loud. Just read it together. And... Mm-hmm and stand in front of an icon or, or stand outside, you know, where it's beautiful and God's creation. It's an icon of creation outside, you know, Uh and, and just do it with an open heart and willingness to, to learn and understand and, and know. And if you humble yourself to that point to where you're willing to do that, then like, he's not going to, like God's not going to like hide from you. Like mm-hmm. he wants people that want to know him, you know? And, yeah. and so, yeah. And the Lord say, I, 
<laughs> God damn, man. There yeah. will be a sign. That sign in the lobby. Go out to the lobby and you will see a sign from above. And that sign will read ATM. And pull out all your money and give it to me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, man. I had good. to break that up. It's sort of getting a little too serious for me. No, man. You're, you're good. We're, we're all the way down the religion rabbit hole and around the corner. And, yeah, uh, we're, like, we're at two my, hours, too. And I told my wife, I was like, this one might... This one might be a little long because I know where we're going with this. So. Yeah, I I didn't exactly know what you had in store, but no, no, this was uh this was well, awesome. I mean, man. I, we wanted to talk worldviews and get kind of mm -hmm. into the worldviews, and I was like, yeah, I kind of have an idea where this is gonna mm -hmm. go. So, <laughs> no, you, dude, it's awesome. Anything. This is why I told you you probably end up interviewing me before it was all said and done. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we had a good back and forth, and we, we kind of tagged. Uh, Pretty much the normal shit that we always talk about. Not many political stuff, but the you know kind of bigger ideas. And the only thing we didn't touch on that we always touch on is music. So that's yeah, pretty much yeah. it. Well, I mean, you got any, you got anything else you want to add in? Any, any more questions? I don't mind. Like I can go for another hour if you want. Like, uh, all, my wife, my good. wife just got up, so we'll probably uh, I'll probably go downstairs and bug her a little bit, and then you know make okay. sure her and the dogs yeah. are doing good. So uh, no, dude, this was fucking awesome, and uh, I, I I got a lot to think about. And a lot that I even want to talk to my wife about because the way that you explain that's very fascinating. And this is something that I've never really engaged with in the way that I just engaged with you is in like having more of a good faith understanding about where you're coming from rather than just saying, well, I haven't felt seen experienced this. So therefore it, it, it can't be real. And I'm not going right. to, you get what I'm saying, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, I, that's kind I, of, the, I get it. And yeah. I, I kind of have like this desire to talk to your wife at some point, <laughs> like not on the air, just mm -hmm. me and her, because I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to pick her brain a little mm -hmm. bit about some things. So if she ever wants to talk about these things and, and get into these conversations, I I'm more than willing to have a private conversation with her because I think that there are things that her and I could like work with off of mm -hmm. each other. And and kind of in order to better understand where we're going and what we're looking at. Yeah, well, she is passionate about the kind of alternate realm stuff and ghost stuff. I don't want to say passionate isn't like she talks about it every day, but she's a firm believer. Isn't like right. this does like she will not be shaken no matter how much I say. Like I'm I'm shaky on this, but once again, this this is something like a whole new kind of leg to stand on here to talk about that and it's it's really interesting to me but um i think the way you laid it out really kind of like i said gives a whole another leg for that to stand on and for me to understand it because like i said typically it's like well if i can't see it feel it, touch it taste it then it, it how am I, you know what am i supposed to go off of here yeah yeah no yeah. i understand that yeah. I, I understand completely and mm -hmm. uh you know like I said, I, it's not my job to judge. I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just. You ask a question, I'll tell you exactly what I, I think, and and I, I have a real. You know me in 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 the English language and the etymology <laughs> of things. I'm like, no, wait, 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 wait. Like this, mm -hmm. this means something completely different. So, so let's yeah. dive into that. What does that mean? And like, how are we gonna? And so that you know yeah sometimes you know you and i 
like many other people of, of our ilk are too smart for our own good. Sometimes we got to <laughs> get our brains out of the way and, mm -hmm. and let, let nature take its course and, and figure it out from there. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, uh, just shut the fuck up and listen in, in, in my regards. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the whole deal is just, you know, it be, and I mean, I would like to believe that I'm hopefully better than most people in this regards, but I'm always willing to admit when I'm wrong and then listen and hopefully kind of pivot and, you know, kind of move on to be better from at least where I was. And especially right. from the beginning of this conversation to the end. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, man. Well, I'll send you a copy of, uh, I'll get this stuff downloaded. I'll, I'll make sure I send you copies, um, probably through Dropbox or something like that. However, yeah, dude, whatever. however it sends easier. So you have a good rest of your evening. I'm going to end the recording now. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go have a beer. And uh, my wife's talking on the phone with somebody. So I'll probably go listen to some Jonathan Pacho or something. Oh, yeah, man. All right, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.